You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. So before we jump into this week's episode, the Rangers have made a trade. They've traded a fourth round pick to the Florida Panthers for Frank Vetrano. Now, Frank Vetrano is destined to be a bottom six player for this team. This is a fantastic trade, in my opinion. The fourth-round pick is going to be the later of the Rangers' two fourth-round picks. It's either going to be from ours, our, our selection or the Winnipeg Jets' selection. So whichever team finishes uh, later in the in the draft, which whichever team comes uh comes later in the order so this is a good trade very very nice move from from Chris Drury so essentially traded Brett Howden to Vegas for that fourth round pick and potentially could turn into Howden for Vetrano not saying that's going to happen but still Ranger fans we like to think of it like that we turned Brett Howden an AHL player essentially on our squad for a like a third line player Vetrano immediately jumps into the top six, though, um, slotting in with Panarin and Strom on that second line instead of Dryden Hunt. And I know Hunt had a bounce-back game. He, he scored three points against the Stars. That was his career high in points for a single game. But he does look like he's out of place on that line. So having Vetrano there, a guy with the shoot-first mentality, is pretty good. Um, I'm pretty excited to see what more he has to offer. He wasn't getting a lot of playing time down in Florida. They're a very deep team. And they have a lot of guys that could score goals uh, down there. Uh, as I talked about in this com- this episode, this week's episode of the pod with Dylan from Beyond the Boards podcast. Um, but yeah, I think this is a solid move for the Rangers. This is exactly what we've been talking about for the past few months. We've been saying that the Rangers shouldn't, you know, spend too highly, um, give up too many of their assets for rentals. This is a smart move. This guy's a rental, yes. This is a buy move. This is a buyer's move, I'd say. But it's so the cost is so low. It's a buy low move. That's what it is. So you could consider it buyers, or you could consider it nothing at all, just a, a random move. This is a good trade for for the Rangers and Chris Drury. I, I'm ecstatic about this. Actually, this is a start. So we don't know if there's going to be any other moves between now and Monday. We have to see what happens. There's been there was rumors. Uh, Brendan Hagel actually got traded um, yesterday on uh, Friday, uh, March 18th, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. We were hoping that the Rangers could get him, and that was one of the things we talked about in this episode. Actually, we had talked about how uh, I wanted Hagel for for the Rangers. He ends up going for two first round picks and uh, Radish and Kachuk from Tampa Bay. That's a lot. And it's because he's got term. He's got two years after this year at like $1 million. That would that would be an insane contract to have, especially with the tight cap, the flat cap. We don't know how much the ceiling is going to rise at the end of this year. Um, so having that third line depth, fourth line depth, whatever whatever you want to call it, is is huge. Especially with the Rangers cap situation coming up next year with Fox and Zibanejad's contracts kicking in. We might have to make a move or two somehow to free up some cap space whether that be Nemeth or Heedle um, those are the moves that are going to have to be made 
if we want to keep Ryan Strom. And hopefully he asks for a reasonable amount of money. We just saw Tomas Hurdle re-sign in San Jose for eight years, 8.145, I believe, million dollars. It was like around $8 million-ish. Don't know the exact details for that, but he is staying in San Jose. So gone are the dreams of having Hurdle as your 2C with uh, Panarin and Kako. Um, It's fine, though. The Rangers don't need to upgrade at 2C. It would be nice to, but it's not necessary. Strom is more than fine, more than capable of handling the fort on the second line with Panarin. Now, I've heard rumblings that the Rangers might be in on Patrick Kane, and if they do trade for Kane, even at 50% retained salary, it's going to be very difficult to keep Strom in the offseason. I haven't tried it out yet on Cat Friendly. I might do that later, um, but if the Rangers do end up getting Kane, number one, it might mean the end of Strom as a New York Ranger, and number two, I'm going to have to go out and buy a new set of clothes because all my all my pants will be ruined because Patrick Kane is one of my favorite players in the NHL that's not on the Rangers he was he's always been one of my favorite players this guy's so exciting and we talk about on Rangers Twitter we talk all the time about Panarin like our love for the players their personal lives like Kreider cried Banajad Lafreniere Panarin we we love those guys Panarin and Kane have such a good bromance. Um, I believe a couple of years ago when Panarin was a free agent, Chicago was in talks of possibly getting him back uh, on the team. And the reason for that was because Kane wanted him to come back. And so if we get Kane on the Rangers, that would be crazy. We'd have Panarin and Kane. Showtime, man. Like that's cr- That would be awesome. But the price would need to be reasonable. Like, I don't want to trade Kako or Lafreniere. I want to find a way to keep Kako and Lafreniere. If we could have Kako, like, on the third line and then bolster that that third line, get, like, actual good players down there, like, we might be a really deep team. And that's what I want. I want a a deep team scoring on all of our lines. That's the thing. Um, The last thing I want to mention before we jump into the episode is Alexei Lafreniere finally, finally got his first career power play point. He got it on uh, Thursday against the Islanders. Um... And, you know, it was, it was like, it was, it was like during a line change. So Kreider at the time, Kreider got his 40th goal. He set up Kreider. Kreider had been out there for about a minute, 45 seconds before he scored that goal. So he was out there pretty much the entire uh, time for the power play. And the reason why the Rangers use that first unit so often is because they're like second in the league in power play. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Use your first unit, like so dominant it's so lethal and potent why would you change it up uh so it makes sense that Lafreniere hasn't gotten much power play time but there's been uh discourse on the bird app as I like to call it um regarding Lafreniere's play on the power play and that it's crazy that he's the only player to have as much time on the power play and just now getting his first point it was like 70 over 70 minutes without a point and the reason for that is Lafreniere doesn't get like the the same treatment as PP1. He's on PP2. So, he's not going to get like an offensive zone start. It's going to be 
it's going to be a, a line change with like 30 seconds left in the in the power play and that's barely enough time to get set up in the offensive zone and get a shot if you do get a shot it's going to be one chance and that's it so he made it count on this one it was a beautiful cross ice feed to Kreider who goes blocker side on Sorokin who stood on his freaking head against the Rangers I won't talk about how the refs screwed that game that's enough of that but Sorokin was outstanding that game Kreider ends up beating him for his 40th goal, which is crazy. The man might have 50 by the end of the year. And, you know, I called him out at the beginning of the year saying that he's not consistent enough. Well, he's done nothing but prove me wrong all year, and I think he should be captain next year, Kreider. Um, But Lafreniere, I think it's fine that he's just now getting his first power play point. The Rangers are so top-heavy in the forward department, so it makes sense that he doesn't have as many points. But his production at even strength speaks for itself. And I think a lot of people need to to realize that. And they need to realize that the kid doesn't get the the opportunities that the first power play unit gets. It's only off the rush chances, uh, line changes when the puck is cleared out of the, the attacking zone. It's not like an offensive zone faceoff or or something. Like you would see you see at the end of the game against Anaheim. Uh, we had a power play, and instead of switching to the second unit, Gallant t- calls a timeout, as we, we all knew he should have. I was calling for it. Great move, by the way. It led us to tying the game, Kreider getting his 39th goal on the power play. Um, it doesn't make sense to put the second unit out there uh, on, an, on an offensive zone faceoff. You would, when you need a goal, you need to stick with your first unit, whatever has gotten you to be, whatever it is, second, third, fourth power play rank in the league. You have to stick with that, and that's it. Um, but I'm fine with it. I love the way Lafreniere has been playing. He's made some great passes. Uh, the, again, the lost assist thing, that, that stat needs to. I need someone to, to count how many passes that kid's made this year that have not resulted in goals, that have been great chances, just not finished by the Rangers. But other than that, um, great trade for Vitrano. I think it's good. Uh, I would like to see the Rangers make one more move before the trade deadline. But anyways, here's the episode with Beyond with the Beyond the Boards podcast. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, everyone, it's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dylan of the Beyond the Boards podcast. Bit of a weird episode because we're recording this the day after our last recording an episode. Uh, so today is Sunday, March 13th, so this will probably be released next week on Saturday. Anyways, Dylan, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, man. Uh, just kind of chilled all weekend and enjoyed a nice little break from work here this past week. So That's nice. I'm actually on spring break now, so just kind of relaxing as well. Um, but yeah, anyways, we'll get right into the episode, so... Uh, trade deadlines coming up in uh, I think a week. It's like eight days, if if I remember, if I recall correctly, as, as of the time of this recording. Um, there's lots of names that have been floating out there, but recently Elliot Friedman has reported that Tomas Hurdle and um, who else? Joe uh, Joe Pavelski obviously is off the board because he signed his extension, but Hurdle's off the board now. Uh, less and less fish out there. Uh, we don't know if Claude Drew is going to get traded. We'll have to see about that. There's still Raquel, maybe Hampus Lindholm, uh, a couple guys from the Ducks, and um, I don't know. Maybe the biggest, the biggest 
uh, chip on the board is Ben Sherratt, which is which is hilarious because he's really not that good. But there's been rumors of him possibly going for a first round pick. What do you think of that? Uh, it's pretty crazy to me, dude. I've never really even heard of him that much until this past season um, and during the Canadians uh, playoff run there. But um, yeah, dude, it's so funny seeing like all these like meme pages on Twitter. I, it seems like I see it every day. Oh, Ben Trout's been traded for a first round pick. Ben Trout's oh been traded here. It's so funny, dude. Did you, have you have you heard? So like, I think it's on. It was on Sportsnet or during the broadcast. There, some of the broadcasters were saying, "Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah, these guys net or um." What's it was on the Avalanche broadcast, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was like, oh, yeah, Sherrod just got traded to the Leafs for a first-round pick or something like that. And it it's just like, dude, stages. you just looked at a fake fan account. <laughs> a fake insider. Dude, dude, I saw that. I started burst out laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> I saw that you guys post. I thought this was hilarious. Uh, the Heritage Classic was, a, was today, apparently. Terrible job by NHL marketing. I had no idea there was an outdoor game today. Um, yeah. <laughs> I saw the picture you guys posted. It was a Leafs jersey with an L on it. Yep, yep. Just, that's it. Just an L. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like to roast on the Leafs pretty heavily on our podcast. Uh, so if you're interested in some uh, shitting on the Leafs, uh, come on over and take a listen to our episodes sometime. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Um. Just uh, also, have you seen the? Uh, it's the the Russian. It's like a KHL team. CS. SKA their yep. Insta- or their Twitter account they Moscow, post so yep. many gr- so many great memes oh my oh, gosh yeah. they, I oh, think yeah. the best one was uh it was like of the Oilers it was a collapsing building with like three pillars holding it up and it was like McDavid Drysaitel Nugent I Hopkins that. I saw that <laughs> I laughed pretty good at that one too yeah that that was a really good one I I love how how you guys like just constantly shit on like the Leafs and the Oilers like that's just hilarious oh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah they love their hockey Rangers fans we love our hockey but like come on you you can't you can't you have to make fun of the Leafs it's been so long since they've won <laughs> yeah it seems like our audience likes to respond more I think we get more interaction on more of our posts that we shit on the Leafs than any other thing that we post really so I mean if it ain't broke don't fix it just continue to do it and <laughs> helps us grow so uh yeah it's worked so far so keep on doing it i guess <laughs> roasting canadian teams aside there should be a hopefully hopefully a pretty eventful trade deadline not like a snooze fest but if it's really just gonna be ben Sherrod as a top trade piece i have my concerns but i don't know i heard a rumor yeah. today that um lindholm and raquel might be going to the rangers just a rumor i don't know how credible it is at all but it was like for Kravtsov, Niels Lundqvist, a first round pick, and like a player to be named player, er, <laughs> a player to be named later. Um, I don't know how true that is, but if the Rangers were able to pull that off, I would like it if they could keep at least one of those guys, sign them to an extension. But you know, cap cap hits going to be the cap space is going to be an issue in the off season. Um, that's just the problem that the Rangers have because of the flat cap and uh true salary. Yeah, dude. I, I was listening to your last episode. I heard that uh, you guys are looking at Raquel. I was a big advocate. I wanted him to come to the Hawks last year at the deadline when uh, um, Dylan Strom was out. They were talking Dylan. Well, Dylan Strom's been a trade piece for, it seems like the last three years. So I was thinking maybe a Dylan Strom and a pick for like Raquel last year at the deadline or something. But uh, 
yeah, I think he could fit really good in your guys' top six. He's, I know from being playing against him a lot on the Western Conference uh, rivalry there with the Ducks that we've had. Um, Raquel's always a constant pain out there on the ice, and he's a good two-way guy. Play defense, can play forward, drive the net, put the puck in the back of the net. He he's a good all around piece that I think would fit really nicely in your top six. Yeah, and I think he would probably be able to fit in our bottom six too if if when Capocaco comes back because that slot that spot for him on the second line that's his with Panarin and Strom. Yeah, uh, it's funny that you bring up Dylan Strom as a trade piece for the last three years. It's funny because Ryan Strom has seemingly been a trade piece for the last three years or however long since he came to the Rangers it was always it always seemed like he was just a, a temporary piece for when Heedle decided to break out but that hasn't happened yet and Strom has amazing chemistry with Panarin there was even talks earlier this year that the Rangers might be willing to move Kravtsov straight up for Dylan Strom that would have been interesting maybe have a line of uh, Panarin Strom and Strom yeah, dude. I, I I don't know if he has as much chemistry with Panarin as uh, Patrick Kane did uh, back there in the, in the glory years. But, uh, yeah, we all see how that turned out. You guys are welcome for uh, letting Panarin walk away. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't really tell you. Like, well, as you know, I'm a Hawks fan. I, I don't really watch the Rangers too much. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently, I, I'll just say this. I can stand the Rangers more so now than I did in past years. Back when I was like in high school, my uncle liked the Rangers and a bunch of my friends in high school. And I would just, they would just give it to me all the time. And the Hawks <laughs> lost. So I kind of like grew up hating on the Rangers, but I can I can stand them a little bit more now. I, I like the I like their team that they've built now. A lot of the young guys. Um, I love Adam Fox on the back end. Uh, Panarin obviously was a stud in Chicago. Loved watching him in Chicago. So I'm obviously going to follow him. Uh, Zabinajad I've always liked. Um, about the only guy I kind of don't really like so much on the Rangers is Chris Kreider, but I know he's been pretty good for you guys this year. So I'll I'll let you guys enjoy this. Well, just for this year. Yeah, Kreider's definitely been like a streaky player throughout his career, and this is this is his breakout year. I mean, thirty-eight goals, I believe, right now. He's not the league leader in goals. That's Matthews, um, but certainly a career year for him. Finally, finally showing us what he's capable of. Uh, interesting to see what the Hawks, the Blackhawks, are going to do at the at the trade deadline because they're trying to rebuild a new ownership or not new ownership new management right yeah yeah they just uh, hired their what was going to be their interim gm they just hired him full-time as their permanent gm now so um he's made a couple moves already not too big but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see hopefully i i'm hoping they just sell off everybody and go full rebuild uh, similar to what you guys did a few years ago, it obviously has worked out for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we would have did the same thing at the same time period, but uh, yeah, good old Stan Bowman uh, kind of set us up to fail, which we uh, currently are doing. So yeah, got to <laughs> love it. If Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze had one year left on their deals, you guys could get so much back just from this trade deadline. I know the yeah. Rangers would definitely be in if it was just one year left for Patrick Kane. We'd be all over that. There's even rumors right now from some fan <laughs> websites that say the Rangers are going to go after Patrick Kane in the offseason. I don't know how I feel about that. I love Kane as a player. 
I just don't know if it's worth it because we'd probably have to move on from like Kako or Lafreniere. You would, you guys would love that. I know you would love that. I mean, I think you guys would love it more. Have uh, Kane and Panarin reunited once again. I mean, that would be that would be <laughs> that would be pretty nasty for you guys. Not gonna lie, as a Hawks fan, watch them two together on ice, dude. I I remember this one specific play. I'm I'm sure Rangers fans would. have appreciate it too they were playing the islanders i think it was back in like 2016 2017 hawks were on the power play and they just kept cycling the puck it was just kane and panarin back and forth back and forth for like i think it was like a minute and a half they just them two alone were just passing it back and forth back and forth and then kane just sets up panarin for an easy goal against the islanders so like (laughs) there was dude those two are just like magicians of the puck so i'm sure you guys would like that if you were able to pull it off um, but yeah, I've heard that rumor for months now too, that Kane's going to get moved, but, uh, I don't know if, um, anybody will be able to afford his 10 and a half million dollar contract here with the cap crunch that's been surrounding the league the past couple of years. But, uh, Hey, if the right offers out there and the numbers work, Hey, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'd love to see Kane with the Hawks this whole entire career, but I mean, we got to rebuild eventually. This team is just a complete dumpster fire right now. So I wouldn't be opposed. You guys have some nice pieces there. Kubalik looks good. You got Kirby Doc. Dylan Strom, if you guys want to hold on to him, he looks pretty good. Uh, Brandon Hagel, he's like he's having a really good year for you guys. He's a name that in Rangerstown we've had our eye on because we have some issues in our bottom six. Um, we don't have enough goal scorers. We don't have enough point producers. He's playing like a first liner, Hagel is this year. But he's got like what thirty points? Yeah, he's got. I think he just scored his nineteenth goal of the season the other day. Um, he's bad. been a really pleasant surprise the past couple of years. Like when Hagel first entered the league, I didn't really think too much of him. I think it was like his rookie year. He only played, I think, like six or seven games, and then uh, last year was like his rookie, I guess, proclaimed rookie season. And just watching him from a few games, it reminded me so much of when Brandon Saad first came in the league um constant two-way threat dude he he reminds me like he obviously he's not as good as Chris Kreider for you guys but like he reminds me like say Chris Kreider is the Amazon version but like if you ordered somebody off of Wish it would be Brandon Hagel like (laughs) constant pain in the ass for another team and just 100% effort all the time Brandon Hagel I like this past year I've grown to like him so much and I was thrilled when we re-signed him to that contract but uh, like you said, it, it sounds like uh, through the rumor mill that he's going to be on the move, which uh, kind of sucks because he's young and he's on a really good deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, if the right, like I said with Kane, if the right offers out there, I mean, we got to go for it. Something's got to change in Chicago really fast because this team isn't going anywhere right now. So we got to start re piecing and retooling for the future. So if he keeps up that production of his that he's on this year. With that contract, that is oh, that's so much value. It's so much better than like what he's making. So it's like a one million dollar cap hit for the next three years. And this is what I'm trying to as a Rangers fan, I'm trying to emphasize that if we trade Kravsov, like our big our big pieces, our blue chip prospects, um, if we trade those guys at this deadline, it better be for somebody with term or someone you know you're gonna lock up. Because if you trade Let's say Nils Lundqvist for Andrew Kopp and don't re-sign Kopp. You just wasted one of your best assets. Not saying that's going to happen, but just an example of something. like Or like Nils Lundqvist for Claude Giroux straight up and then you don't uh, keep Drew in the offseason. 
That's just not a not a good move. I would I wouldn't mind giving up like a first round pick, a third round pick, one of our defensemen, and maybe even like a lower tier four forward prospect of ours, like Payu Niemi, and uh, we'll give you guys like Matthew Robertson. Like Matthew Robertson's not a bad player. He's not as good as his brother, who's on the Leafs, I believe. Uh, but he's a pretty good defenseman. We just don't have a lot of room for for. I- I would, I would definitely be open to making a move for um, trading you guys Hagel for a defenseman in return, dude. It seems like the past, I don't know, probably since like 2016, our defense has been our downfall. Um, we're still capable of scoring goals with like obviously Kane, Kubelik had a 30 goal season in there. Debrinket has torched the league ever since he came up. But He's our defense, yeah, our defense is just, uh, our defense has been dreadful. Um, brought in Seth Jones in the offseason. He's like a negative 35 goal differential this yeah, year, yeah. but uh, he's going to have a career high in uh, assists apparently this year. I read the other day, but a lot of good that does when you're negative 30 in goal differential. But uh, other than him on the back end, Connor Murphy just got pretty much killed last night in Ottawa. So I he's going to be missing. He's going to be missing some time. Uh, Caleb Jones, probably a third liner for his career. Um, other than that, we don't really have too many appetizing prospects back there. I mean, we got Alec Regula. Um, he's been up and down a little bit. So Riley Stillman hasn't panned out too much. The guy I've really liked is Nicholas Bodan, but he's for some reason the Hawks don't want to give him a shot. Mm. Don't know why. Um, we got a few other guys too. We got uh, Wyatt Kalnick, who played, I believe, at the University of Wisconsin a few years ago. Um, Wyatt Kaiser's coming up in our system. He's currently playing for Minnesota Duluth. Um, he was playing in the World Juniors before that uh, got canceled right off the bat. Um, and we have uh, what's the other one right now? I can't think of him, but I'm not going to bore you guys listing mm-hmm. off every single prospect we have for the Hawks. But uh, my point is, we could use the defensive help, and I know you guys got a steady pipeline of um, defensemen coming up in your system. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, just the untouchables would definitely be Nils Lundqvist and and Braden Schneider. That kid's that kid's the truth. That kid's awesome. He's just cracked the lineup. Uh, he's played like a little over twenty games at this point, and ever since his first game, immediate impact. Couldn't believe it. Uh, but the key to the key to rebuild get get all as many draft picks as you can and as many first rounders. I've heard that next year's draft class is stacked and this year isn't as much, um, but doesn't matter. If you have first-round picks, load up on those defensemen. You guys had a great defense back in the day. Brent Seabrook, you had Brian Campbell, there was uh, Jalmerson, Duncan Keith. Johnny Oduya for a while, Michael Johnny Oduya, you had Dustin Buffalo, yeah, oh, Roosevelt, yeah. For, former Ranger Michael Roosevelt. Yep. Bufflin was amazing, and then you guys had to trade him for, for cap reasons right after your first cup win. He was a beast. He would play at the wing sometimes. That's the thing. Playing defenseman at the wing, offensively gifted defenseman at the wing, that's something I would like to see happen a little bit more. Uh, I feel like it could could come in handy at some times. Like, um, you know, the Sharks used to do it a lot with Brent Burns. Uh the Jets or in the Thrashers used to do it with Bufflin. The Blackhawks did it with Bufflin. You don't see it too often anymore, playing the defenseman at the wing. Yeah, and I think that could be actually a really useful tool in the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs are obviously more physical. Get a bigger guy like 
well, like the Hawks did with Bufflin in the playoffs, play him at your fourth line forward or something, a couple of shifts, but he could also play D if you need him to as well. Like, why not? I think that would be another tool that teams could use in this uh, salary cap crunch era. Um, they could use that to their advantage a lot more than uh, what's been um, shown throughout the league the past couple of seasons. So, And speaking of the playoffs, which teams do you think are the strongest and will probably be even stronger after the trade deadline? Ah, that's a good question, man. Me and my uh, co-host did our last episode. We kind of pretty much named our uh, three, I think it was, or actually it was two contenders from each division, I believe we did. Um, did you want to do like division by division or what did you? No, d- not even division by division. Like which teams stand out the most? Like, um, for me, I'd say like Florida, Carolina, and Colorado. Yeah, I've been on Florida's bandwagon this year, dude. Just how much depth they have up front is absolutely insane. Oh my, I know it's crazy. They I have every single one of their lines. Yeah, yeah, for real. They have guys like Frank Vetrano on like their fourth line. I mean, Hornquist was insane last year. Now he's on their fourth line. He could still and play. He's old, but he could still play. Like he still exactly, gets exactly, man, exactly. He's got those the experience of the cup runs with Pittsburgh too. So don't let that uh, fall through the cracks either. And then they, they just got a lineup that's built for the playoffs. You got Sam Reinhardt, who is always been underrated in my book. Um, Sam Bennett lit it up in the playoffs last year. Um, other than when he didn't, he get suspended like two games or something last year in the playoffs but i think so that sounds about right other than that he played really good last year in the playoffs um their defense Ekblad keeps getting better and better he looked broke his leg last year so they didn't have him in the playoffs last year but yeah that was a bummer yeah so he'll be back this year and he looks like he hasn't um, missed a beat since that um horrific injury kenzie Weegers stepped up um, and then they got a bunch of former Hawks on their back end, former Hawks defensive prospects that is, for some reason do good with the Panthers, but uh, they didn't really pan out in Chicago. Um, and then that goaltending duo too, that they got. So uh, Brovsky has got his mojo back, it seems this year. And uh, obviously they still got Spencer Knight back there. If uh, Brovsky uh, starts uh, kind of slipping once again, but uh, I really like the Panthers this year in the East. Um if the West, if I had to pick a team, it'd be Colorado. I mean, Colorado's just been a wagon this year, only 13 losses. That's um, their their depth is completely insane as well. Um, the, the thing that kind of scares me about Colorado is their goaltending. I mean, D- Darcy Kemper's good and all, but if he gets he hurt. first-round pick for that goalie. Yeah, yeah. If he gets hurt, too, we know Kemper's been injury-prone in the past. Um, their only other goalie they got, I believe, is Fran- Francois or however you say Francis, it. I know he just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just re-signed with them, I think, a two-year deal. I read it today, I believe. And he's been injury-riddled the last couple seasons as well. So That's one thing Colorado's missing, a goalie. They yeah. They try and trade yeah. for Flurry. Yeah. And it might – honestly, I think if they traded for Flurry, it would be a better move than them getting Claude Giroux. I know everybody wants them to get Claude Drew, Claude Drew, but yeah. Claude Drew is going to come in there and play what second, third line. 
Um, I know Landis Gog just hurt his knee, I believe. What was it last night or the night before? He's going to be on IR for a while, it seems. Mm -hmm. Um, They expect him to come back for the playoffs. So maybe they will make him more of a push for Drew now. But uh, I think if they solidified their goaltending just a little bit more, especially with the injury um, risks that both of their current goaltenders have had the last couple of seasons, I think that would be a more beneficial move to them than acquiring more forward depth because they already got a ton of forward depth. So. Um, but yeah, that's just my, uh, that, I guess that's my two picks. Um, I think I Minnesota in the West would be, they're going to be a team to watch. They just play such a good defensively sound structure. Um, I, I said on our podcast, I think if they wanted to throw a hat, their hat in for uh, Claude Giroux, I think that would be a crazy move for Minnesota. Um, I know they won't be able to re- afford to resign him, especially with like the Suter and uh, Parise buyouts. But if they want to, this is their time, dude. They've they've had so many years of getting swept by us in the playoffs back in the day, <laughs> and so many years of just mediocrity. Like if this is the team, they they got a better record than they've had in the past. I don't know, however many seasons. Um, Joel Erickson has blossomed. Um, guys like Marcus Foligno. Yeah, put Claude Giroux on a first line center with Kaprizov and like Kevin Fiala. Um, who is it? Yeah. Zuccarello for them, for you being a Rangers guy, he has been on a torrid pace this year. I yeah, haven't been fantasy. That guy hockey. was my favorite player. I love Zuccarello. He's doing wonders for that team. Yeah, dude. I haven't been fantasy hockey and I was like looking at stats the other day. I do I'm too. Like, I'm like, holy shit. He's got like, he's almost like point per game. Like last year he had like such a dip in production. And then like this year he's just been going off. So I think if Minnesota made a wave and tried to get Claude Giroud just for like a rental, like, this is this is the year they got to go all in. Like, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, seeing all these first round exits year after year after year, like you got to do something when your team is this uh, structured defensively. And their center depth, if you look at it, I mean, Claude Giroux. Uh, from what I heard from a Flyers fan, apparently, as Claude Giroux has been playing more wing the past couple of years, I don't really know because I don't play pay attention to the Flyers that much. But I know he's mainly a center, from what he's I've read. Center. Exactly. So as center. Exactly. So Minnesota has like no center depth. I mean, they have a couple good guys that are solid, like Erickson Eck and uh, or uh, Felino. I think Felino plays center, right? I believe so. Marcus. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I I can't remember if he's center or wing. I I don't know, dude. But my point is, the Wild don't have many like. Um, how should I say this? High end centers on their roster. Right. So yeah. I think if you bring in a guy like Claude Drew, who can get point per game playing on the center, match him up with a young stud like Kaprizov. Um, and then, like you said, Zuccarello on the other wing, I think that could be a lethal first line. And then they could let their other uh, bottom three lines lock it down during the playoffs. And then they obviously have a solid defense. So um, I, I think Minnesota is a team that's flying under the radar that can make some waves in the playoffs this year. Um, but yeah, I think. I think Colorado and uh, Florida are going to be my two favorites to win the cup. So Colorado and Florida. Yeah. And you know what, with those two teams, it's interesting because if Florida gets consistent goaltending, they are going to have a really, really good chance at coming out of the East as the, as the, as the, as the representatives for the Eastern conference for, for the cup. And Colorado, if Kemper plays well and stays healthy, same thing. But they don't have a goaltender like the Rangers have in Shesterkin. 
Yeah. Just, yeah like, that's the one thing those teams are missing, a, a proven number one goalie. Like, they don't have a Vasilevsky or 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 Shesterkin or Hellebuck, n- none of those guys. Like, And that's why, like, if you compare, if you take, like, the Leafs, they have Jack Campbell, right? They have all this forward depth. <laughs> If you give them Shesterkin and replace Matthews, like if you put Matthews on the Rangers, the Rangers are still at the bottom. Like the Rangers will, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> Matthews brings them up, wins them a couple games, but like it's just not the same. If you give Shesterkin to the Leafs, they're winning a cup this year. Yeah, dude, Shesterkin has been absolutely unreal this year. I really wish I would have got him in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Instead, I'm, I'm stuck with some uh, pylons. Uh, I think Philip Grubauer's on both my teams. Yeah, that's that was a great uh, pick here by me. But uh, <laughs> just Sturkin's been insane this year. I saw what he had like a 946 save percentage a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, that was yeah. like second all time. Yeah, unfortunately, it took a dip after St. Louis. The game I saw that Thursday. Saw yeah, that, that was a really really <laughs> rough game. Like. People were like, oh, no, he's not going to be heart after this. Like, no no more heart consideration. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, I've watched, like, every single game. He's the reason we're, up, we're, we're like, in the spot we're in. He's won a so many games. There's, like, a, an analytic stat. It's, like, stolen wins. He's, like, he's got, like, eight this year. And they're, like, really hard to get. I don't know what the average is for NHL goalies, but he's well above the average, I think, for, for that. And um, for me... Jeff Sturkin, easy part trophy winner right there. You take him off the Rangers, we're in the bottom. We're middle of the pack team. No way we were able to keep up. If, if Georgiev's our goalie, no way. Yeah, yeah, dude. Jeff Sturkin's been awesome. Um, you guys were hyping him up before the season started. I mean, you guys are <laughs> produced pretty good goaltenders in the past. Uh, Georgiev is, was good for a while. We all know how good Lundqvist was. Um, you guys had uh, – Former Hawk, Ante Ranta there for a while. He was good. Had, I, liked I know, dude. Him. I, I loved him. I wish the Hawks would have kept him. But uh, evidently they chose to move on from him too. So, um, But Shesterkin, like I said, absolutely a stud back there. I saw he's even getting it done on the power play now. Did you see that stat the other day? He got an assist on the power play. Yeah, and I read that, that he has now more power point, more power play points than Lafreniere. Yeah, I was career. just gonna say that he has more <laughs> points on the power play than Lafreniere. Yeah, and Lafreniere averages basically like two seconds a night on the power play because <laughs> it's just run the first unit out there. Like it's just so damn lethal. It's the Rangers are like second in the league on the power play, and I've been a fan since the Tortorella days. I never thought I'd see it. Our power play always, always sucked. It was always like. We'd spend the entire time just chasing, uh, taking sprints like from one end to the other, like going back, retrieving the puck, setting up, getting it cleared, and then coming back all all over again. And this year, I don't know what it is. Somehow, some way, the Rangers have found a way to get the second best power play in the league, and it's just incredible. So they just run the first unit out there, and Lafreniere never sees the light of day on the power play. It's just Strom. <laughs> Panarin, Kreider, Zibanejad, and Adam Fox. That's it. Seems like uh, the tides have turned for the power plays. The Hawks always used to have one of the best in the league, and then now you guys do, and now we're garbage on the power play now. I think a big part of that is Panarin being gone, which, uh, you're like I said, you're welcome for that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a pleasant surprise for you guys this year. Um, like I said, like that example I gave earlier with Kane and Panarin against the Islanders that – that year, um, Panarin just seems like he's a wizard on the power play. Um, you guys got Kreider, obviously, who's always a constant uh, 
raises havoc in the goalie crease. Yeah. Um, in like Panarin, like you said, I I was listening to your last podcast and I, I know you guys were talking about how Panarin needs to shoot more. Dude, if you guys can get like a right winger like Patrick Kane was and just feed Panarin one-timers, dude, that is like his bread and butter. I know, obviously, you said he's been overthinking things this year and hasn't been pulling the trigger enough, mm-hmm. but dude, that he's got the most lethal one-timer I've seen in my life, I think. Oh, yeah. So if you guys can get a good, so uh, yeah, if you guys get a good passing winger, I know Zabinajad scores a lot of goals too from Panarin, but if you guys can get a little bit, probably like a second line um, right winger that can jump out there on the power play with Panarin that can feed Panarin the puck for that one T, I, I think that would just strengthen your power play even more. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Panarin's content this year which is was just passing it because he's got a boatload of assists <laughs> and not as many goals. Yeah. He's got like. He just had a five-point game against Dallas. Like, it, like we were talking. I literally recorded the the episode that you listened to yesterday. I recorded it like a couple hours before the game, and we're 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 pissed off because the Rangers were embarrassed two games in a row against Minnesota and St. Louis, and we were asking for more from Panarin. It was just not enough at even strength, and he goes and puts up five points the night the day of, and I'm like, all right, man. Thank you. Thanks for proving me wrong. Thank you. Like, honestly, he's a great player, Panarin. Uh, the minute he stepped on the ice with the Blackhawks, it was crazy. I don't know if you've heard this story, but, like, when he first stepped into the United Center, he saw the 72 banner for the Chicago Bulls, and he's like, what? They already retired my number? <laughs> honestly, I never heard that story. <laughs> that's, but... one, that's, like, my favorite, one of my favorite hockey stories. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> He's a genuinely funny person, Panarin, but like that just that takes the cake for me. I love that. Dude, I love Panarin. It seems like him and Kane even have that much more in common, too, because Panarin's goal scoring's dipped a little bit. Kane's goal scoring has dipped quite a bit. Um, and it's actually really funny. You guys were like talking now, oh, you need more from Panarin, need more from Panarin. Cause I was actually saying the same thing about Patrick Kane. <laughs> I think it was like a week ago. I was like, why isn't Kane been scoring this year? I mean, he's still kind of point per game, but he's not the Kane that he normally is. Like he's not having like these crazy point streaks that he used to have. And what does he do the other night? Comes out and rips off his career high six points in one game. Wow. <laughs> only, only one goal, but he had five primary assists. Um, so, I mean, Hey, they're both passing the puck more, it seems. So, um, even much more, even that much more they got in common. So, um, and fun fact for all of you that are listening out there, I don't know if all you guys know that, but, uh, Artemi Panarin did score his first career goal against, against the Rangers. So fun, fun little, uh, tidbit there too. So just, uh, add insult to injury for us. So, yeah, the one that got away. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was on Lundquist that was on Lundquist yep. I remember that yep. I was watching that game really that was a good game you actually. guys were dominating us that game I believe or wasn't it like three to three nothing when Panarin scored that or something I think I, I don't I don't know I, what it, the final score sure was you, like three to two I think yeah I'm pretty sure you guys were winning when Panarin scored that game because I was like I was like freaking out because that was like when what was it 2016 so I mean that we were still like your, I think that was banner night when you guys it was the first that's game what I th- that's what I thought. I, I know we were still like the class of the league then. 
And then we were getting like killed by you guys and you guys are winning like two nothing or something. I'm like, come on, why can't we score? And then there's this random Artemi Panarin scored. I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> like I readily signed him as a free agent, but like I was just expecting like a foreign signer that or a foreign signee that plays like third line for you, you know, like it's not gonna really amount to much. But, yeah, and uh, he just shows up with all this skill and talent and just yeah. Just he wins the Calder dude. Trophy over over McDavid. Yeah, yeah, dude, he was insane. It was so funny too, because like he used to be so active on his Twitter too. Like when he first got his Twitter, like I had actually <laughs> got a couple of replies from him and favorites from him on Twitter. It was kind of funny, but uh, yeah, dude, I just love our time. I mean, ever since he's came in the league, he's just such a happy go lucky guy and um just just a fan favorite overall dude i just love everything about him <laughs> speaking of his twitter so when he first signed with the rangers one of um one of the rangers fans uh he's, he's like he makes a lot of memes love this kid nick rangers nico uh shout outs to you uh he tweeted replied to like one of panarin's posts like how dominant are you going to be this year and panarin responds i'm always dominant like and he spells it wrong, like D O M I N A T. Dude, I just love it. Panarin. He's just <laughs> just such a happy guy, dude. He doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. Oh, and then uh, th- those uh, stick handling videos that he'll post oh, with, with his, his dog. dog. Yeah, I love dude, those, dude. Oh my god, I just love seeing those every time he posts those. It's so funny to watch. You know what would have been would have been good like if the Rangers and the Blackhawks played in the finals that would have been awesome like there dude, was like a couple I opportunities that. for that to happen. I wanted that so bad in 2014 cuz like I said when I was in high school I didn't really like the Rangers. I I would say close to hated the Rangers. That would be um, cool but, then for you. <laughs> dude, me and my me and my uncle were going at it when the Hawks were in the playoffs that year and the Rangers were making the run that year and then we lost in game 7 against the Kings on a deflection goal, I think it was double or triple overtime off of Nick Letty's arm and into the net. Like, I was so... And then so... they traded Nick Letty. <laughs> Dude, I hated Nick Letty. Not going <laughs> to lie. I couldn't stand him. Dude, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm glad we traded him. But, uh, yeah, I was hoping for that so bad back in the day. Like, me and my uncle, dude, we used to go at it so bad with the Hawks and Rangers. Like, we used to trash talk each other so much. And then that the one year, like, I can't remember. I think my mom had like surgery or something. And my uncle made me chicken riggies and I loved them. Like they were so good. And then the following year, like I had a bet with my uncle. I was like, whoever wins the season series between the Hawks and the Rangers, I'll do like yard work for you. If the Hawks get beat, (laughs) but if the Hawks beat the Rangers, I get chicken riggies (laughs) and we made a deal on it, but um, I never ended up getting the chicken riggies, but uh yeah, it, it was funny, our rivalry there for the few years there, back when we used to argue all the time. But uh, now we kind of show a mutual respect for both teams. So Yeah, yeah, because we're not, we're not both competing at this point. I mean, the Rangers are hoping to compete. We'll, we'll have to see about that. I don't, I don't yeah. know if they're going to go all in this year. I think they should be smart with how they, they were buying, as I said on, on the last episode. I don't know if you, if, you, uh, if you paid attention to that, that part when I said that. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, they should definitely use their assets the um, smart, smartly. Like, like I said before, don't don't trade Nils Lundqvist for twenty games of some guy. Like, don't do what Winnipeg did with Kevin Hayes. You know what I mean? <laughs> A couple of years ago, like 
Yeah. That, was, that worked out good for us. It definitely did worked out good for us, but that's not the point. We're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I've been following the Rangers a little bit. So more, more so the past couple years, um, I became pretty good buddies with Kyle Hall. Um, does yeah, the yeah, Rangers podcast. Good. Yeah. His podcast is awesome. Shout out yeah. to Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been listening a little bit more to Rangers talk the past couple of years. Um, more so than I have like 2014 when I couldn't stand the Rangers. So, um, I'm growing to, I'm growing to like your guys line up a little bit more. Um, I like Keandre Miller when he was in college watching him, um, Zach Jones with you guys. Um, he just came off of a national title with, uh, our boy friend of our podcast, Carson Jasevich at the university of UMass. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I, I really like a lot of your younger guys that you got on your team. Um, Honestly, I'm going to be straight up with you. When you guys drafted Capo Caco, I was so pissed that year because we had the third pick right behind yes. you. And I wanted Capo Caco so bad. Like the night that that lottery happened and you guys got the second pick over us, I was pissed, dude. Like I, I wanted Capo Caco so bad. Yeah, I know. Um, I wanted, I was in my, in my college <laughs> dorm. I was like, same, oh my gosh, please same. let it like when, when they were announcing the, the, the order the sequential order it was buffalo it was but it, it was the rangers and then buffalo i was like please be buffalo be buffalo and it was buffalo <laughs> and then we had to find out like okay who's gonna be next who's gonna be is it gonna be is it gonna be the rangers the devils or the blackhawks that's picking three i flipped yeah. out when 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 it was the blackhawks <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> i was yeah, so yeah. happy i didn't even care if if we got number one i was just like all right we got cues or Kako. let's go yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, when I saw the Hawks at three, I was uh, screaming at my TV in another way. But, uh, dude, I, I was just happy we moved up because we were supposed to be like, I think, 10th that year, 11th. Yeah, in yeah. Order. I think and so. then we got top. I saw that we were moving up. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Capo Caco, baby. Because, like, I didn't want, I, I don't know. I always didn't really have high hopes for Jack Hughes. Um, so I knew I didn't really want him that much. I kind of wanted Caco more than Hughes. But uh, then I saw we were going three. I'm like, oh, great. Well, Kako's gone. Hughes is gone. I don't even know who we're going to get now. Like, <laughs> There are a lot of good guys in that draft. Kirby Doc's going is like, I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, he's a he's a solid guy. He hasn't developed as much as I would have hoped so far. But Listen, I mean, Kako and Lafreniere haven't either. So it just takes, well, sometimes it takes a little while. You just got to be patient and ride it out. These kids are young and uh, yeah, you know, just yeah. give them the time. They need to be given. The thing is, they should have been given every opportunity to to succeed. So, like year one, Kako should have had first line ice time, first line power play time, penalty kill time, like twenty minutes of ice time a game, and it didn't happen. He would go on like the third line, no power play time basically, and you know, and it's just, and then here we are today, and it's just like he still hasn't broken out. And then here, look at Hughes. Hughes is starting to break out now. Right, it, it took yep, him a little yep. while, the first two years, I, I, I guess, but he's he's the guy in New Jersey. Yeah, it, it seems like Kako and Doc are, have been kind of similar in their um, production since that draft. I mean, Kako hasn't really developed as you guys have, would have wanted, and neither is Doc. I mean, I know we got to be patient with these guys. I think Doc, um, he was kind of rushed his first year that he played in the NHL. Um, I think he would have been better off probably playing a year of junior slash AHL before making the jump. 
Um, but he made the jump that first year and then he uh, was playing for Canada. What was it? I think it was right before the world juniors his last year there and then broke his wrist, um, which caused him to miss pretty much the whole season. What was it last year or two years ago now? I don't know, dude, time's been flying, but um, so that kind of set him back as well. But uh, I, I don't know, dude, Kako and uh, Doc have been kind of similar production wise throughout their first couple it's of actually, years. So you're, you're spot on with that. Kirby Doc yeah. in 139 games, he's got 56 points for his career. And Capo Kako in 151 games, he's got 54 points. Yeah, so Similar like I said, totals. pretty much right on, spot on with each yeah. other. Um, I think Doc's got a little bit more physical presence, presence obviously, than Kako, but I think Kako has a little bit more skill than Kirby does. So um, the ability to pass more, I think, edges in Kako's favor. But in terms of like grit and getting into the dirty areas, I think Doc's got him beat a little bit there and a little bit more feistiness out of Doc too. But uh plus yeah, he's also it, a center too. Yeah, yeah. So um I, I we'll see. Time will my time will tell here these next few years. But uh, right now I can't even tell who won that draft, honestly, between you guys and us. So um it'll be fun to watch these next few seasons. Yeah, we got we got a long ways to go before we're able to determine that. Like now, For they're sure. just starting to determine like who won the twenty fourteen draft. Like, yeah, Drysital. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ekblad. I, I've always loved him. I always thought he was a like a great defenseman. But a lot of people feel like, all right, yeah, this guy was definitely not worth first overall pick. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he definitely top five, but first, yeah, first overall pick probably not because dry cycles there. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ekblad kind of reminds me of like the Eric Johnson pick that was number oh, one overall. Yeah, that was in two thousand six. Yeah, they were just kind of like hyped up to be the next stud, and then Ekblad's another guy. It took years for development. Like when he was his first couple seasons in the league, he was. Uh, it, it looked a lot worse than it did not, or than it does now for the Panthers. But uh, he's he's starting to finally come around. But uh, like you said, first overall <laughs> over uh, Drysdale. Uh, can you imagine the Panthers right now if they had Barkov and Drysdale? <laughs> like yeah. Would, oh my god. That, that would be nuts. Dude. <laughs> their center depth is insane. As is like yeah. they have so many great centers. Huberto, Barkov, and Drysdale, and Reinhardt, and Reinhardt. Um, Sam Bennett is yeah Sam good. Bennett too yeah dude, Bennett was a nuts. fourth overall pick I think in that draft in 2014 yeah, that would that, that would have been crazy to see that's nuts yeah, that's <laughs> nuts like what wait what do they have they have the first overall pick the second overall pick and Reinhardt from that draft and um Sam Bennett fourth overall <laughs> I forget who was third overall in that draft class I have no clue. That was what, 2014? Yeah, 2014. Here, I'll, 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 uh, Google I got it, it here. Okay, well, you're beating me to the punch then. Oh, it was Dreisaitl. It was okay. Eckblad, Reinhardt, Dreisaitl, and Bennett. And gotcha. then Michael, De- Michael Del Call was fifth. Yeah. That's a boss. <laughs> Michael Del Call, yeah. Talk about That's a boss. And then Jake Vertanen right after that, even more of a boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Del Call, Vertanen, Hayden Fleury, he was still kind of growing and then yeah Nylander and Ehlers good picks yeah good picks yep it's a pretty that's a pretty solid like what is that one two three four five like six players in the top 10 pretty solid yeah Yeah. for sure man yeah all right is there anything else you wanted to add before uh, we wrap it up uh not that I can think of man I think we've pretty much covered it all yeah honestly 
Just Sturkin's <laughs> gonna win the hard trophy this year, not McDavid. Book it. Place yeah. your bets, folks. I don't even know if McDavid will win the heart, dude. Yeah. Dude, I want Jonathan Huberto to win it. He's been so underrated, man. Like I said, I hopped on the Florida bandwagon. Huberto has always been so underrated. And in this year, he's what top three in points right now behind That's McDavid and Dreisaitl. Oh, no, never mind. He's second behind McDavid. So uh, if he could just up his goal scoring just a touch. He's only got 18 goals, but he's got 64 assists. Wow. So, yeah, uh, Huberto's been on a tear this year. So Yeah. Yeah, um, Shesterkin definitely Vesna, but I don't know about Hart. We'll see. All right, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I mean, Florida. It's tough to say for Huberto because they have Barkov, and he's yeah, yeah, so yeah. damn amazing. Like when the Eichel rumors were were going around, um, Barkov had not yet signed his contract extension, and there was talk like some Rangers fans had preferred to wait a year when Barkov hit free agency to go after him if they wanted to make a big move. I would have loved that. It just never ended up happening because the Florida realized how good they have it with him, and they just kept him. So it's immediately worth it. That that player is amazing. Barkov's a fantastic player. Yeah, love yeah, I love Barkov, dude. And actually, I was looking at the scoring thing or the scoring uh, list here for league leaders. And one thing I was going to ask you: Do you think the Rangers? should bring in JT Miller for a reunion. Ooh. Nah, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was, <laughs> I was on that bandwagon. I did want it because he, his metrics were really good. Like he fit the, what Panarin was kind of looking for. Panarin wants a guy that could re- get the puck for him, like win puck battles up against the boards. Like, and Miller mm-hmm. likes to hit a lot. Like he yeah. is, is goes in and uh, like he, he'll take the body. He's not afraid to do that. He's a, Pretty defensive, defensively reliable player. Um, the only problem with Miller is locker room issues. Apparently, the last time he was with the Rangers, um, he would be late for practices. He'd be drunk. Uh, he'd, he'd drink a lot and stuff. And, you know, it just wasn't good. He was known, I guess, as a cancer in the locker room. I can't find any articles saying uh, talking about that, but apparently that's what it was. That was the consensus uh, amongst fans and that they don't want him they'd rather have a guy like uh hurdle over a guy like strome gotcha. me i, I kind of like shifley but, but miller miller i wouldn't mind him as a player i don't know about that maybe he's changed but maybe he hasn't so i can't i can't say for sure for certain well, that's well, why I was, I was curious to get your thoughts on that because i know he's kind of a, like you said a gritty guy and get the puck he can obviously pass it now i mean yeah. seems like he was just a changed player from that first stint with you when he went to vancouver um seems like he just cl- put everything together and clicked and i know um i've been hearing his name on the market and like i said i listened to your last episode talking about um your top two lines how you could use an addition instead of dryden hunt up there so i thought uh <laughs> Maybe JT Miller would be a guy you guys would be maybe targeting, but uh, I was just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so. and another thing about Hunt <laughs> is like we were calling him out saying he's not good enough to be on that second line, and you know what he does in that game against Dallas? He gets three points. <laughs> For high, like That's his career high in points in a game. Like, Just of course, of course. Now, now you're going to prove me wrong. Now you're going to say – I am worth it playing on this line. Dude, we just got to start shit talking our teams more often and then maybe maybe they'll get results. Yeah, maybe <laughs> see, if I say seems like every years. it seems like every time that we t- talk bad about somebody they go off. So Blackhawks 
you guys suck. You're terrible. I hope you guys lose every single game. The rest of Lafreniere season. is not worthy of playing on the first line. <laughs> Watch him go a point per game the rest yeah. of the season. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Anyways, uh, that does it for us on Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. We'll see you all next week. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.